0: this is sportsnet today with logan gordon on sportsnet 960 the fan you know this is this is crunch time this is where everyone steps their game up and for us to kind of elevate and step our game up even more and beat some um you know extremely quality hockey teams is very encouraging
1: the calgary flames just might be playing their best hockey of the season Make it four straight wins for the team, including four teams currently in NHL playoff spots. Next up, a big game Saturday night at the Scotiabank Saddledome, where they'll look to extend their winning streak to five while celebrating one of the best to ever play in a Flames uniform. Welcome to Sportsnet today, it's Logan Gordon along with you in the Doug Lacy's Basement Systems Downtown Studios. For our friends at Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation, Walls. They have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement, even at dlbasementsystems.com. This hour, Wild Card Wednesday with the guys, my outstanding producers, Shan and Cam, another edition of our favorite game show here on Sportsnet 960. So get that text in at 960-960. We'd love to have you along for the ride. Big win for the Calgary Flames over the LA Kings. Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Saddledome, and now they're focusing in on Saturday. Mickey Kippersoft night at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Really looking forward to it. A couple of days off for the group. They were at practice on Wednesday at Winsport. As they get set for Saturday's matchup and continuing this three-game homestand. Yes, fan feedback line open to you at 960-960. My outstanding producers are Cam and Shan. And we're kicking off this hour on a Wednesday. Very excited to chat with our next guest. Host of the fan pregame show on Sportsnet. All-around good person, Alish Forfar joins us to kick things off. Alish, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, Flames are winning games, but they're yeah. Gonna... What's going
2: on? Yeah,
1: I, I really don't know. I, it's <laughs> it's just the most confusing time of the season. They're
2: complicating everything.
1: It, yeah, it's never simple. I can tell you that. Like,
2: they... how are we supposed to know if people can pick their <laughs> their roster clean or what? Uh,
1: like, they're going to trade. Like, that's the weirdest thing. Is they're going to make two moves? Like Hannafin and Tanev are going to be moved by next Friday, but here they are. They traded their number one center away to Vancouver, and I kid you not, this is the best stretch of hockey this team's played all year long.
2: Yeah, I mean, isn't that weird? Like, maybe just the, le- the not the lack of pressure, but – you're just, they're just playing good hockey. You're quietly rolling. Like there was all that stretch where it was like flames, flames, flames. You know, a lot of negativity, and then quietly found themselves in a really good spot. Like I feel like this season has been really interesting for a lot of teams that go on long stretches. Like we just saw the Leafs on a long winning streak. We just saw the Coyotes on a long losing streak. Like they get in. I feel like this season has been like a really interesting stretch of, of just consistency, whether good or bad for some teams. And I guess being in a good ones, it's nice. I'm sure for you, like just talking about it, it's a little bit refreshing to have positive discourse around a team. And I'm sure for them in like the locker room and just like addressing media every day, the coaching staff, it's nice to have, something lighter to talk about than like mm-hmm. your team is in the dumps you're going to trade everybody people don't want to play there like ugh like it's nice to not have that frame
1: <laughs> it is and look i think they all know it exists and it's kind of existed here in yeah. Calgary for the entire time but as we've talked about and you would know this as a former player y- you can't control any of that right like you can't control yeah. who's going to be here or what their personal situation is you just kind of got to go out and and do your best and it's kind of been you know i know there are people on team tank here in calgary that would love to mm-hmm. get the, the best possible draft pick and i understand it but i think as a fan of this team you've got to respect that you know these guys are kind of just like yeah okay whatever happens happens but we're going to go out and and give it our all until we we literally can't do it anymore
2: and it's probably really good for the guys that know that they're going to be there you know after this trade deadline or like the younger players getting an opportunity like yeah, it sucks when your team probably isn't going to be in a playoff spot but like is is within reach and mm-hmm. and maybe that's not the flames in the next little while but like there's just there's been really good stories through teams that are even really, really poor in the NHL this year, right? There's always something to grasp on. So uh, it has been surprising though, because you know, you're know you on a four game win streak and things all of a sudden seem like they're in grasp. You start looking ahead of you a couple of spots. You're like, okay, like how far, what do we need to do? Yeah, it, it, as a player, like, Sometimes it's just good to have hope. <laughs> sad as yeah. that sounds, like, we're talking about the Raptors now. And they're kind of in a similar spot because they were so out of it. And now they're, they like, within two standings of a play-in. They, they were just on a three-game winning streak. They got pizza party. Like, isn't it crazy how you just win a couple games and things sound and feel different when you talk about a team, when the players show up to go to work? Like, it it's just it's nicer to have something to hold on to. And I'm sure in that locker room, uh, it just, it's just a little bit brighter.
1: Yeah. And for them to, you know, you always know those questions always come up when, when you're losing, but when you're winning, it's, it's oh. a lot easier to, you know, we we didn't even last night in the locker room with Husko, we didn't get into any of the mm-hmm. noise or any of the trade deadline stuff because they've won four in a row. And there's plenty of other positive things to talk about. And I imagine even just from this position and you know, this as well as I do, it gets to you You talk about the same thing over and over again, and you just kind of want it to be over eventually.
2: I mean, we just like just did that with the Leafs for seven games. And it was such a nice stretch because even before the seven game winning streak, you know, it was the Morgan Riley stuff. It was what's going to happen with your goaltending. Can this team do anything but have the top four guys contribute and that stretch, we just learned so much, hopefully learned so much about this team. Maybe it makes the trade deadline a bit more clear for Bradstreet Living. Maybe the guys look around the room and they realize they can trust some of these depth forward, some of the depth D, maybe even the Ilya Samsonov. And after seven games, they come back home and, you know, they lost last night, uh, which is a bit of a stinker. But you just feel like maybe that brought the team closer together. They were on a road trip for a really long time. So I think we're even viewing this Leafs team with a a little bit more optimism than maybe we had two weeks ago uh, before they really proved a lot to us, at least in this market, that, you know, maybe it's worth buying or maybe it's worth thinking about how do we balance future draft opportunity and this, season right so yeah just like having a stretch of time that a team's vibing it can it can change a lot for like how we just even view them
1: uh i did want to ask you about the Leafs 6-2 last night to the vegas golden knights and uh our colleague luke fox at sportsnet.ca wrote a really great article uh today about outlining the maple leaf's top priority at the trade deadline and how at least for him watching last night made it pretty clear that this team needs to add at least one really solid shutdown defenseman because, uh, you know, try as hard as they might, you know, Morgan Riley and, and TJ Brody just aren't the shutdown guys at the times when you really need it for this Leafs team. Do you kind of see it the same way?
2: Oh yeah. Like uh, power to this team for you know, treading water on the back end for quite a while. When Morgan Riley was out for those, uh, you know, five games there, it was – it was really impressive um, how they managed to just like tie it together. And, and that is not a, that is not a Stanley cup winning blue line. Is not really a Stanley cup contending blue line. So that's one of the big learning lessons from this and R- Morgan Raleigh back in the lineup. And, you know, he obviously brings such an offensive boost and he's a great leader. And, you know, I, I love the guy. I think he's such a heart and soul of this team, but he, he's not a, he's not a top line D partner without somebody with him. That's going to work. Right. And so I think you find that out. And I, I, I think Luke's article nails it. Like it's a right-handed D that they really, really need. And there's not a lot of them out there. So how much are you willing to give up for that? If you really think that this team can win the cup or can make a push for it, it might be, it might be the time to really do that because everything else was clicking on that stretch. You know, we were getting, gold contributions from people way down the roster. He did some line configuration, Jeldon Keefe, where he actually demoted, I'm kind of using air quotes, uh, but technically demoted um, John Tavares and they unlocked something like that third line allowed for the second and the third to kind of be a bit more balanced and you're getting scoring from everywhere. So when you turn your attention to what needs to change, it has to be a goal. Um, sorry, no, not a goal. Center. It has to be a, a defenseman and um, it just it couldn't be more clear, which is really like the point of this stretch of hockey moving into next week is to be very clear what you need, because you get one shot really to, to add or to subtract or to save. And I think the Leafs just have to see it the way that you know we've been seeing And Brody was playing his offside for a little stretch there when Riley was away. And it just, it really worked for him. So there's, there's a lot of potential. It it might just come down to like having to pay a little bit for a right-handed D and, and maybe something comes up that we don't actually like even think of as a trade target. Like you could get creative and we're going to talk to Frank Saravelli on our show at six. And he's really great with trade targets and prospects. So um, that'll be like probably one of our lead questions. Like we learned that they need this. How do they get it? (laughs) Well, and
1: you know what, it's, it's a perfect transition for us in this conversation because look in the back of our minds here in Calgary, at least between a couple of us, we can't help but connect the dots of Chris Mm -hmm. Tanev and and Toronto. It, it almost makes too much sense. We know how much Brad Truliving covets that guy. He's, you know, the guy that brought him to Calgary on that four-year contract. He's a right shot D. He's from Toronto. So who knows? I think there's probably a good possibility you could talk about a, a re-signing with him and not just make it a rental. But, like, is that not just the kind of guy that that, that team needs to plug in as a defensive guy that is responsible in his own zone, not flashy, but, you know, can take on those top kind of minutes. It seems like almost too perfect of a match. You know what I mean?
2: A hundred percent. Like, I think we've all been it almost like settled on that being the, the main piece the Maple Leafs need. I just think like what I hear, and I mean, I'm not an insider, but like the last time I heard was, you know, Calgary's waiting and he should be waiting. Like if he's going to be one of the premier trade targets, you wait until you get the right package. Like it's not often that you get to move a guy at the trade deadline. That could actually be a really big piece. And whether it's a second round pick and I'm, I'm hearing that it was a while ago, at least don't have one of those for a while. Right. So kind of screws them up. They don't have a second round pick for the next three seasons. So they would have to pay more. So is that, Is that your first rounder? Is that someone that's a a young prospect? Like, we've got Easton Cowan tearing it up for London. Like, he is unbelievable. So nobody wants to give him up now. He was a a steal of the draft last year. And then Fraser Minton is a guy that, you know, we hear a little bit about. And I can't pretend to be a junior hockey expert, so I, I can't give you, like, his value. But this is where it comes down to like how much you believe in this team and it's a pretty big spot for Brad graduating to be in in his first season with the team when they've really been like proving that they can win important hockey games and they can do it shorthanded and that other guys can step up and you've got the best goal scorer in the league like all of that on paper sounds so important, right? If you're making these decisions, but he is in the seat for the very first time. He did not get a lot of opportunity to like construct this team as much as he probably wanted to in the off season. So here's your opportunity to tinker, to go all in. And I honestly think if I put a poll up on, you know, on my social media, I think it'd be really hard to figure out what Leafs fans want. Are they saying go out and get Tanov and give up uh, a first rounder or give up uh, a really great prospect? Like, I think people are just tentative because we've, we've done this before at the trade deadline, you know, they've got Ryan O'Reilly and they got uh, a bunch of other important people over the last couple of seasons and they walked. And mm-hmm. yeah, Tana being a Toronto guy is such a great storyline. So was Ryan O'Reilly. So have other guys. And they yep. just said, eh, I don't know the markets, whatever, or the team doesn't have it. So what makes this different? Like you really hope that something makes it different, but I understand there being scars. Like when you talk to like the fans, or you try to decipher this in the media, that maybe, maybe it's not the time. But for me, it's like, when is the time going to be? Yeah, Austin Matthews is out, absolutely incredible. Mitch Marner is is doing like otherworldly things every <laughs> night. You're actually having some consistency in net, and yeah, last night wasn't great. But Joseph Walls on the return, you get a defense, and maybe this team has enough. It's just. This next week is going to be so interesting. Uh, it's, it's going to be like anxiety written here, I yep. think.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot of that for at least until Friday. And then who knows? Then we start to watch it uh, all unfold for the next month and a half plus. Uh, you mentioned Joseph Wohl there. He's back with the team, and it sounds like they're going to go with the three goalie route, at least for the time <laughs> being. How do we feel about, about that? It's not a route that many NHL teams like to go down.
2: Yeah. You know what? I think it's interesting if, if Martin Jones didn't have that crazy stretch um, and then we found out about that really smart decision to add a hundred thousand dollar, like, you know, clause in his waivers, I, I think it would have just been at a given that, Oh, Martin Jones would just go back down to the Marlies, but you can't really afford to put anybody through that situation at this time. And like, I'm not a cap expert, but I think you can handle it for a little while with these three because clearly they're going to do it. But I think the big picture is Joseph Wall can really be someone that Maple Leafs can picture as a starting goaltender for their team for the next X amount of years, right? And he has he was playing really, really, really well. And he's young, and he's got drive, and he's kind of a, a goofy kid that doesn't let the market get into his head. Like, that's exactly what you want for a Leafs goaltender. is someone that doesn't hear the outside noise, doesn't care about it, just comes in and does his work. But if you push him and he gets injured and he's had injury concerns in the past, like, you just – you can't even think about that in the back of your mind. So I I even heard, like, Sheldon Keefe a week a week ago, I think, saying, you know, the ball's kind of in his court, his – as in Joseph Wall. Like, we think he's ready, but we he's the one that will tell us when he's ready. So a part of me thinks, like, you, nobody knows your body more than yourself. If you're a goaltender, you know exactly when you feel like you're 100%. If it's a high ankle sprain and you feel like it's 90 if you need another two weeks to get to 100, and the team's doing well and they're kind of humming, and Samsonov's getting his confidence back, I think carrying three is definitely an idea that the Maple Leafs have thought of, and they're going to do it. And I don't see the the reason why not to, except for the fact that like, what happens if Samsonov starts to decline again and his confidence goes down, and then you're like, uh oh, we need you in there right now, Joseph Wall, to save this season. So, yeah, it's. It's been a really interesting story, and, and there was like even tidbits about Matt Murray, and it was like, <laughs> what? Matt Murray, like, rising from the shadows? I think he's just, like, getting out on the ice and fooling around, but somebody said Matt Murray on their timeline, and oh, then God. we all went into a tizzy uh, <laughs> because – wouldn't that be hilarious? All of a sudden he wants to play and it's like, uh-oh, Matt Murray, yeah. LTIR. And like, oh, uh. anyway, we're not thinking about Matt Murray, but nope. uh, they do have an interesting situation. I just really hope to see Matt uh, Joseph Wall, like, get back in the fold at full health. Like, don't risk it, you know, don't risk it because we need you for longer than this.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. it feels like it could be a big picture thing with him. And uh, mm-hmm. as important as this year is, and we just talked about whether or not you, you add for this year, Young goaltender, looks like he's got some potential. That's a pretty big thing for the Leafs who haven't exactly had that for a while uh, and could sure use a guy to fill that mm-hmm. role. Ailish Forfar is along with us, a regular Wednesday chat here on Sportsnet today. Uh, she's the host of the fan pregame on Sportsnet, also contributor to Sportsnet 590, the fan in Toronto. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about this PWHL news that dropped today. Yay, uh, so cool. This is awesome. The, if you missed it, uh, check it out. The PWHL has announced their 2024 playoff format and the process that they're going to determine draft order of selection. So the top four teams in regular standings, uh, regular season standings qualify for the playoffs. And the first place team will have a 24 hour window to select <laughs> its semifinal final opponent. Um, there's a bunch of stuff that goes into how they're going to determine draft order and everything going through, but Uh, Just give me your initial reaction when you were reading this today. I think this is so cool.
2: I love this because the PWHL has already kind of started to do things differently. They have that jailbreak rule, which is something that, you know, hockey nerds kind of thought would be a really cool idea. The NHL would never do it. And then boom, the PWHL has their inaugural season. They're trying new things and they're not – jokey cliche gimmicky things like that actually makes hockey much more interesting the way they're deciding to do their their first inaugural playoff I think is awesome so yeah being able to choose if you're the first seed who you want to play I mean you just think why wouldn't you play the third place team right well maybe there's a difference because these standings are so tight yeah they're they're like almost almost indistinguishable from each other at times if You've had a better record against the second best team, or or you think the travel is better, or you think your fans will be able to get there, or you've you like their your power play against their PK, or you think your goaltending like there is so much to cross could like analyze in your opponent and what a risk really to be the team that's making that decision because I want to know what it's like in that room. Is it the players saying we want to play Montreal? Is it the the coach saying no, we think our game plan is better? The video team, the GM. Like, yeah. there's so many storylines into being the team that makes that decision. And like, a part of me thinks they'll just they'll just play the team that's like lower in the standings. Like, if you just had to guess at this point, that's probably like the 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 minus money odds. But you know, maybe there is something about getting in the heads of the second be like, we want you, like we think we're better than you. We're not scared of a challenge. Like I just think awesome, awesome, awesome. I really think that it's going to be so much fun to follow. And then that gold plan, uh, as you were mentioning about the draft. So the draft is going to be interesting because, you know, there's only six teams and there's only going to be six teams next year, most likely but there's going to be about 42 new faces drafted into the league. There's not 42 spots, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And free agents are going to be able to to sign up to to try out. And and if you don't get drafted, you can you could sign up to be um you could sign up to be a free agent. So you could even have 42, 50, 100 players coming out of university overseas that want to come try out for teams but i'll tell you there's some amazing amazing girls in NCAA right now that are worth worth like giving an extra little bit of effort for mm-hmm. so this bold plan means the team that gets eliminated and then gets the most points so between that you know that fifth and sixth place team whoever gets the most points after being eliminated will get the first overall pick so there's still incentive to play it's not tank anymore it's like let's win as many of these remaining games Because we want, you know, I'll I'll say Sarah Fillier is probably the the top pick for this upcoming year. She plays for Princeton, and she's already on the Olympic team, and she's already being said, uh, she was on the Olympics, she's already being like the next MPP. So let's say it's Sarah Fillier, and you're one of the bottom two teams, and you're not playing in playoffs. Well, you damn well want to win as many games as you can to beat that other team out for first pick. Um, So I think it's such a, a really interesting way of doing things. We always talk about tanking in the NHL, tanking in NBA, NFL to get picks, but this is a twist that no other league is doing. And that makes these games interesting down to the final buzzer of the final game. Even when the teams are eliminated, I'm sure the players playing are like pumped up to actually have some sort of control that isn't like, let's blow these games. No, let's win them. Like, we might actually have to like dig deep and beat teams that are better than us to try to get better uh, draft position. So the gold plan, I think, is awesome. I'm so glad they're doing things differently because this league's already uh, one of it, one of a kind. But it just makes it feel so different than before as well.
1: It really does. It gives it a unique spin, but it's not gimmicky. In the, you know in the same way, yeah. like you're talking about, you know, some of the rules and maybe some hockey purists don't feel the same about. You know, some of the things that we've talked about for rule changes over the year, but it's still mm-hmm. at its essence, you know, they're still going to go five on five in overtime until a goal comes. Mm-hmm. Not like we're running to a shootout or doing something silly <laughs> it's silly there, right? It's all of a sudden it's still there, but you're right. It just adds this huge level of intrigue, and I love that that first overall team picking and the pressure mm-hmm. that it puts on. It all of a sudden puts pressure on that team to go out and beat whoever they, they chose, right? And now you're thinking wow, they just called us out, like they think that they can beat us, like that in and of itself is going to create, I think, a hell of a playoff uh, format.
2: Yeah, like let's say your your third-place team and, you know, first-place team picks you. You're kind of showing up with like an SU mentality, like, oh, yeah, you think we're the easier team? Exactly. Not that you need any any extra incentive in the playoffs, but that could be a 5 to 10% more – attitude swag or chip on your shoulder and that's a scary thing in the playoffs especially when i said like this league is so tight there's not a team that has like been dominant this entire season i'll tell you toronto sucked to start the year and now they've gone on this incredible stretch where they're they're like one of the top a1 a2 teams right now so it's like you know maybe they played with that chip and they found themselves so Man, it's going to be so much fun to watch. Uh, I'm excited to talk about it on our show later too, because, um, yeah, like I, I just think, yeah, the announcement kind of surprised me. I didn't expect this. Uh, so excited to share that, and I think people online are really responding to it well. So exciting this inaugural season. Just like can't it, it keeps getting better when you don't expect <laughs> it to, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, I have to ask you before you go. How was it in Montreal? It looked like the vibes were pretty sweet at the uh, the PWHL game mm-hmm. you went to a couple days ago.
2: Yeah, they those Montreal fans, know, they know their hockey. They love their hockey. They are so passionate. It was so much fun. There was like a DJ in the stands. Like the fans are so into it. Uh, that was the first time I really experienced like playing, or sorry, I played in Montreal before, but being a fan in, a, in the stands in Montreal. And it was really, really fun. I came home and I immediately was like, all right, Toronto, we got to pick this up. Like, our games are are, are not as fun. Uh, they're not as rowdy. And so, I mean, like, we always hear that cliche, but I actually felt it. Uh, but by the way, I will be in your fine city this weekend. I will be flying to Banff tomorrow. So oh. uh, going to a bachelorette party. I'll be there for the whole weekend. We're doing Banff and Canmore. So any recommendations, send them my way.
1: I will send them your way. I was there for uh, a wedding in Banff and Canmore uh, in mm-hmm. September, and I'm going back to Banff. Uh, for a bachelor party in the summer. So I've, uh, you're hitting one of the. Have you be been freezing. before?
2: Yeah, I went uh, a couple of years ago actually, and we stayed at like the Fairmont and did the skiing and like we skated on. Uh Lake Louise. Like it was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I was a family though. I couldn't afford that myself. Um, but this, but this weekend is, you know, for one of my best friends, bachelorette, and we're doing, we're doing skating. I think it's on gap Lake. We're hiking nice. uh, some mountain and probably like more of a chill mountain. I'm assuming, I'm hoping, and I'm doing some breweries <laughs> and stuff. Uh, but yeah, the weather is going to be quite cold as I noticed, uh, not, not Toronto weather. So I'm bundling up. I'm fitting it all in carry on is my goal. Okay. Cool. So we'll see, Yeah, we're going to see about that. But I have like 50 layers packed already, so we're going to make it work. But I'm excited. I hadn't been uh, out there in a long time.
1: It's great. It's one of the best spots uh, in the country. We're really lucky to have it so close to us. But uh, I'll shoot you a text with some recommendations for some places you guys can check out. I know you'll be uh, busy with everything, but I'll do that for sure. Uh, Ailish, you're the best. Uh, Have a great show with Justin this afternoon. We'll chat with you soon, hey? Thanks so much. Take care. Ailish Forfar joining us. On the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline for our regular Wednesday check-in with the host of the fan pregame show on Sportsnet. Take a break. Come back on the other side. Wild Card Wednesday with Shan and Cam. We're going to spin the wheel when we come back here on Sportsnet 960. The fan. Quick reminder, trade deadline coming up. Here at Sportsnet 960, we're Calgary's trusted source for everything Flames leading up to the deadline. We're going to separate rumors from facts. If the Flames make a move, you hear about it here first. Friday, March 8th, we've got you covered locally all day long. The big show, Sportsnet today, wrapping it up with Flames talk. Anything and everything that happens around one of the busiest days in the NHL, we've got you right here on Sportsnet 960. And the NHL trade deadline on Sportsnet 960. The fan is brought to you by our good friends at Calgary Lock and Safe. This season, trade up to all-star levels of security with cutting-edge locking hardware, master key systems, and access control solutions. It's time to make a strategic move and secure your destiny. Visit CalgaryLockAndSafe.com. Alongside alongside my outstanding producers, Cam and Shan, this afternoon. It's a Wednesday Time for everyone's favorite game show. <laughs> I don't know like if a we, game yeah, show, kind of. It's a segment. It happens. It, it definitely is something that happens. Uh, it's time for us, each of us, good English slogan, uh, to spin the wheel for another edition of Wild Card Wednesday.
0: Get ready to know your afternoon show. It's time for Wild Card Wednesday.
1: Yeah. It's Logan Gordon, Shan Vergie, and Cam Hughes along with you for another edition of Wild Card Wednesday. We each take a turn spinning the wheel and asking the group a question to answer the question honestly. It gets a little bit weird. We've got seven categories. Music, food, movies, flames, sports, personal life, and of course, Wild Card We'd love for you to be a part of uh, another edition of Wildcard Wednesday. Text uh, in your answers to nine six zero nine six zero, or just react to uh, what inevitably sad answers we have uh, at nine six zero nine six zero. Does anyone want to volunteer to spin the wheel first today? I volunteer, Cam. Hey, that's not cool. That works, uh, Cam. You're gonna spin the wheel first.
3: <laughs> sports, 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 sports. All right. Uh so we know there's a lot of talk around the NHL right now about expansion. Utah? Somewhere else? I don't know. But if the NHL were to expand, where should the next two teams be
1: located? Hmm. Where should, if the NHL were to expand, so not moving teams, but no. expanding to 34.
0: Jeez. I I love the idea of adding another Canadian team. I think we're seeing we're seeing a bunch of Canadian teams step up this year. Vancouver's almost top of the league. Winnipeg's having a good year. Obviously Edmonton, they're doing their thing, but I would love to see a Quebec City. We we know what the fans in Montreal are like and we know what the fans in Quebec Period are like. I think Quebec City is is a really really interesting uh it, it's an interesting option and then another team like like Houston makes a lot of sense to me. Sports, they, they do so well in, in the southern states. I don't think you can really fit too many teams in a place like Texas. Everything's bigger in Texas. I, I'd be okay with Houston and Quebec City. I think they would add some uh, some flair to the NHL.
1: Yeah, Quebec City's up there for me. Uh, I know there's always going to be talk about the dollar and you know making it work in a Canadian team. It just feels like that would create such a natural rivalry out east again with the Habs. Uh, I never got to see an addition to the Nordiques, and I'd love to see that come back and sort of reignite something there. Houston's a good one. I kind of see Houston. I- I'd love to see Houston be the solution for the Coyotes, to be honest. Like geographically speaking, I think that works out the best. I want the Coyotes to work so bad. It's not going to work, I Gary. Just, I'm sorry. Uh. It's time to. It's time to let it go. I love the Coyotes. I love their logo. I love what they're rocking with the jerk. I just, it's. I don't think it's going to work. I think so I don't know if Houston counts as an expansion city for me cuz I think that they would be a really killer spot for the Coyotes to just move to. Um I'm sure if you feel like Salt Lake City's your your big destination then I guess that that probably works too. Um where else? I mean, I don't, I get Bring them
0: back to Atlanta. I was oh, just going to say. Bring back the Thrasher's. Third time's man. the third charm.
1: time, why not? I think give it another shot. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Not a chance. <laughs> I'd be so, I don't, I'll be honest, I don't want another one in Ontario. No. That's kind of no, gross. No, no If, you know what, here, I'll say this. If you're going to bring back a city that had a team before, give me Hartford. Ooh. Yeah, oh uh, bring back cool. the Whalers and the Nordiques, and that's your expansion plan. That, that would to be me very is cool. Is where I'd go. Look at all the the Hurricanes would have to. I mean, I don't know if you bring back the Whalers specifically, but they sell a ton of that merch. It's still one of the best looks in hockey. That old Whalers logo. They've redone it a couple times for uh, Hurricanes games. I'd love to see that, and it's kind of a newer. Market. I know it would be a smaller market. That was a problem in the first place, but you get enough uh, about it. So I, I'd probably go – I have to take yours because I like Quebec City. Yeah. Despite everything um, that I, I think doesn't make it happen, but I'd probably go Hartford
0: and Quebec City. We just got a text in and says, I worked for the Thrashers and no in all caps. <laughs> so I think that answers that. All right. They were a mess of a franchise.
1: Yeah. Like, we got to be honest. They were a mess. They had Kovalchuk though. They had a lot of guys and it just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Chelios was a thrasher. Yeah, that's a weird At uh, like 44 or something. That's a weird timeline. Uh Cam, what are you going with? Um I think I think Utah is
3: probably the most likely as Salt Lake City. I think I'd like to see that. I like listen, I know Atlanta didn't work and then it didn't work again. But just geographically, it just makes the most sense. If you can do brand new ownership group, people who have never touched the Thrashers in their life, I think maybe, maybe it could work.
1: Uh, yeah, Shan mentioned the text at nine six zero nine six zero where you can chime in on Wildcard Wednesday. Uh, mentioned the Thrashers one. Uh, Chris said the NHL is not going to expand to a jurisdiction that would be su- would see super high taxes, i.e., Quebec, Texas for sure, uh, Utah, Texas for sure. Quebec is not happening. Yeah, I, again feasibility and how it would actually work i have no idea these are more just fun conversations and again i don't even think the nhl should be looking at expansion right now until they figure out at least arizona like to me you don't expand unless every team is doing really well and There's you have two teams already you have a team in a college arena right now like let's Let's fix that first. And that is then, an ugly situation. And then we can kind of uh, go from there. Uh what else we got on the text
0: line? Todd says Houston and Utah. Colin says Saskatoon. Ooh. I think I, I I would like to see a PWHL team expand there. When when we start to see them expand, I think Saskatoon is an interesting spot because they don't really have other than the Blades. What, what do they really have? Other than the Rough Riders, which will oh. uh
1: this Texas Portland, Oregon. Uh, I like that. Matt and Cochran says, I wonder if Gary's seen the success of the Chiefs and thinks about resurrecting the Scouts. That's two uh, votes for Kansas City on the text line. Because another one says KC, huge sports town, especially with late uh, the success they've had lately. Could we see an NHL team in Kansas, guys? Would
0: that, that would t- be cool. That would be a cool. little Midwest NHL action. I like some Midwest hockey action. That's fine to me. I just, I just think the Southern states is is, is a more prime destination. Those guys are nuts down there. They'll they'll fill any barn. Uh, and Scott says Flynn Flon. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> What's the, where? What would they be? The Flynn Flon? What? Hmm.
1: Would you have to come up with a new one? I
0: think yeah, you'd have to. Flin-flon. I don't know. Flynn Flon. Flon fires. Jeez. <laughs> Flynn Flon <laughs> flames would be kind of nice. I know it's. We're probably not going anywhere, but.
1: No, we're not. That's, uh, that's, uh, we're not. Thanks, Jen. Yep. <laughs> uh, why don't you spin the wheel next? I'd love to.
0: Wild card. I, I'm glad i glad. I have something. I've I've been wanting to get food for a while. I'm going to go my my food, my okay. food direction right. here. It, this is something I'm pretty passionate about, and I will, if I do, take a step back and go off air for a little bit, I'm taking a breather. Um... <laughs> I I want your general thoughts on soup because I'm going to go on. Here's the thing about soup. It's not, you can't eat soup for dinner. It just makes no sense. You're essentially drinking your food. Okay. And my my throat gets confused because I don't know, I'm supposed to be eating dinner, but then it's, then it's like liquid and like what's going on. My stomach gets confused. I I would like to hear your general thoughts on soup and, and, and whether this can be considered a meal. Logan, you want to take this? I'm trying to process what he just said. I I really dislike soup. Like
1: it's I, I need I, a I need a more solid question than that. Nah, <sighs> listen, soup is. I need a like. Okay, my question is, pro, like, are you? I guess is it?
0: Are you pro or con soup? Is that what you're asking? No, it's, it's is it a respectable meal? Yes. How? Absolutely not. What? Thank you. Soup
3: at best is a side dish. It cannot carry a meal. It is like, excuse me, it's not, it's not anything. It's just liquid. Okay. I'll drink it. Okay. But first of all,
1: whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. First of all, you guys have never clearly had soup that you haven't opened from a Campbell's tin soup. Incorrect. And second of all, what side who's ordering soup as a side dish, but it's not a main.
0: Yes, it is. No, it's not. The right soup absolutely is. Like, give me a good soup that you can Beef have as a Beef and barley soup. No. Borscht. No, we're not. I, I'm not talking about borscht. <laughs> borscht is a delicious soup. I
1: ban borscht. My Ukrainian grandmother could live off of borscht. She made the best borscht you've ever done tasted. and it's still And it would have been a, a main meal, and you would have eaten it, and you would have loved it. I just... Like, well, yeah, it's like, not I, like the things that you said there were just asinine. <laughs> my stomach
0: doesn't understand; it, it, it. gets confused. And, and I, I seriously, my stomach like doesn't have feelings. That's bro. what you think, but then I I try and swallow the soup, and my throat closes up because it doesn't it doesn't know what's going on. What are you eating? I'm like, serious. What soup I have. are a, you eating? Just I mean, like anything that's got a broth. That's I just I can't do it. But stew is okay. Stew is okay because at least there's some you know, substance. Stew to it. is a soup, right? But, no, like, but what I'm saying thing. is there's some substance to it. Yeah, but it's the same
1: like no you you have to make a distinction here and this is why this is so loose that we're going to get down a bad trail here because like are you just talking plain like thin tomato soup or like a consomme because there are plenty of soups out there that have tremendous great ingredients and
0: textures that i just don't think you've ever I, i've had multiple soups it's not like i just you know have a chicken noodle soup like it's I, I've, I've tried to expand a little bit and, and, and be open to it. I just can't do it. I don't even. What does what it consummate? What, what, what is that? It's like a. It's like broth. Why don't you it's say like broth? the same
1: thing that you would have as, with like the as a chicken noodle, just without. just generally without ingredients. I, I'm telling you, Logan. There's so many great
0: soups you're missing. I like don't French- think you can call soup a, a, a substantial meal when half of it is liquid. What about like a potato and leek soup? No, Still I. Still aside, I, no a French onion soup. I can get by on a, on a soup that has like 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 chunks of beef in it, something like that. That you know what? Maybe, maybe. I just, I really, soup it should not be considered a main course of a meal. I 100% am that agree.
1: Frightened, absolutely frightened by this path of thinking that you're in.
0: Logan. You need to just expand your soup. I've told you this. I have expanded my soup horizons. I just can't do it. Like borscht and f- like even on the the text line, pho. Yeah, Yeah, pho, pho. Listen, pho's pretty good. Okay, it's a soup. It, but I I, do, I would, you would never. You're you gonna get fa I in would the never go there and order that. Hey, at, I'm, gonna, great, I'm gonna have
1: a Caesar salad with a side no, of pho, please. I,
0: I would one thousand percent, one thousand percent pick like a vermicelli bowl over that. One thousand percent. I, I would never go to a place and order soup. The only time, I, listen, I ordered a stew at this nice Mediterranean place in Toronto, and, and it was a, it was a fisherman stew. It had every kind of seafood, and I I really enjoyed it. Okay, but I, I, at the end of it, I still was having a hard time swallowing it because my throat was closing up.
3: I think we need to look into Shan's like medical
1: history. Are you just are you good with like
3: eating?
0: Yeah, like I'm slightly concerned. <laughs> well, I can that eat everything else normally. Eat. I it's
1: not <laughs> like, me. You open your throat to accept. Food. I know, but I can't. <laughs> This is the perfect, the perfect text. I used to hate soup too. Then I grew up. Okay, come on, come on. <laughs> Turn the big pigeon's microphone Whoa. off. That's you, Shan. By the way, yeah, I'm well aware. <laughs> yeah, like all of these, like, and then it just text it says, "Lipton chicken noodle soup, not the only soup out there." Like,
0: I'm, I'm just, I don't think you've expanded. Listen, I, c- I can meet the middle. We have a texter here. Soup is not a main. It can be a lunch main. Sure. Maybe. But if you're having, if you are having soup for dinner, I, I'm I'm seriously like, you can't have soup for dinner and then enjoy the rest of your night. You can't just what, go for like a <laughs> walk. What kind of soup
1: are you eating, soup haters? It's a meal, man. Add a little cheese. You got yourself a dinner there, son. It's this little pigeon throat that can't eat the soup. Hey, come on. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Yeah, and as and people as as uh, many have pointed out, war wonton soup. I I I, like I, there's I support so many fantastic soups out there that that you can get into.
0: I support wontons, but I don't support wonton soup.
1: I don't even know what to say. To that. I, I'm telling this, this is maybe m- the stupidest spin thing the wheel? you've ever said. Can we <laughs> spin the wheel? I stand by it. No, we have to read the text <laughs> because the text line is as I am. I have never seen the t- text line this lit up. The text <laughs> line knows food, and they know pigeons when they've heard it. Uh, this says, French onion soup can carry a meal. Yep. Nah. Uh, soup with a Spolumbo sausage
0: sandwich. Just eat the spalumbo on the The main of that is the sandwich. There, Thank you. This says,
1: I was just like you. I hated soup. It's not a meal, but my wife changed that for me. Makes me eat it. Now I actually don't mind it. You need the right soup, though. And the most important part of that text, Logan is right.
0: That is not true
1: though. I don't know if I is, is that on the text? Are we sure about that? No, it's there. <laughs> there are a few that agree with you. This one says I agree. Soup is as best a side or part of a meal. Perfect. Like soup in a sandwich. Soup alone
0: as a meal would be incomplete. I, I respect I respect that people have opinions. In this case, soup is a they don't care. It's not an opinion. That's just wrong. Yeah, See, so like this
1: text is like beef barley soup with brisket tonight for dinner. Absolutely. Give me a great beef bar, a big bowl of beef barley soup. I don't need anything else.
0: We can we can end this conversation right now. We got a text. Uh, the Oilers have proven that soup isn't a starter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Ouch. that's fair. It's harsh, but it's fair. <laughs> <laughs> this this one's good. Bro has some medical conditions. If his throat closes
0: while <sighs> eating soup, I I don't have any. Maybe I do. I, I can go get checked, but I, I don't think this is that. Chris from Calgary, soup is 100% a
1: meal. Vegetable soup, chunky soup has meat and veggies with it, which makes it a meal. Also, stew is a soup as well. Even tomato soup with crackers is a meal. But it's different. I'm sitting here shaking my head right now. Whatever. It's different, though.
0: <laughs> soup and stew are different. 100%. No,
1: they're not. Yes, they I mean, are. Oh, my God. Spin the wheel. I've, we gotta We got to move on from this
0: fan soup, Soup fan soup for pigeon. Calgary flames.
1: Oh, this is an easy one and it's going to blow up the text line. I've hoped I would get this this week. Let's go. Kipper's Jersey retirement is Saturday. Your favorite Kipper save. Only one. You only get to watch one Kipper save ever again. It's the goat of saves and the man has thousands Your favorite Kipper save. Scorpion save. Every day. For me, it's it's Crosby and the Baby Blues on the penalty shot. Oh, yeah. Sid the Kid versus Kiprasov. Kipper stares him down like he's nobody. Don't care about that 87 on your back. I don't care that you're the next one. None of it. Kiprasov had none of it. Made Sid the Kid look average on a penalty shot. The goat of Flames goalies. It's so easy. It's unbelievable. The greatest player of the generation, and he made him look like it was nothing. I will never, ever, ever forget Kiprasov staring that guy down like that and making it so easy because nobody did it like him.
0: Ice cold. He's so cool. He's the greatest. It's unbelievable. Okay. I think the one that, that one that stands out to me, I believe it was against the Canucks. And he slid to the left trying to make a save. Weird bounce. Shot to the right side of the net. He was literally out of the crease on the left side. And then while standing, doesn't make this crazy, crazy effort, but just kind of reaches across while half-diving with the paddle. Saves it right off the line. It was... Was against the Canucks, yeah. Yeah, like I, that guy's just unbelievable. And he... <laughs> I'm not listen. He was a freak athlete. He was one of the most flexible goalies I've ever seen, and he would get out of position sometimes. But he wouldn't really worry because he would he would come back. He'd dive across and make the save. Uh, I uh, I'd have to go with that one against the Canucks. But the Scorpion save is just iconic. The Scorpion save is unbelievable. Like the presence
1: to know where that puck's going, the flexibility to bring his leg up. I mean, he probably had ten noteworthy saves game six against Detroit in the O three, O four run, just in that game before Johan Franzen ended it. But that's I think there's one I'm trying to remember there's one against the wild way back. And the, the it's a two on one and the guy is almost at the goal line and gets the pass over to Mika. He goes full splits, gets across and stay and saves it. I mean look the the penalty shot one to me is it's just so iconic. I can't say no to it. The Datsuk one where he's falling over and somehow still robs that guy. Yep. That was crazy. That's unbelievable. Like, I can't wait until Saturday to see all these pop up again. But, like, to get Calgary Flames on Wild Card Wednesday, there's no, I had to pick my favorite Kipper moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. No you, better you question. You couldn't go wrong. I'm so excited for Saturday. It's going to be unbelievable. The fact that Mika's in the city again, was meeting some of the Flames yesterday. Like, uh, Huska told us post game, he's like, Yeah, Markstrom's getting a, a Kiprasov jersey done up. He wants his autograph so bad to take home a jersey like that. Like, this is it, probably should have been done earlier, but Mika has just never been a spotlight guy. But man, is that 34 gonna look unbelievable up there? This guy was the it's just unbelievable. Oh, just watch
3: the scorpion save. It's so Man, filthy. Yeah. like I can barely walk in a straight line. Can you imagine the the leg coordination you have to have? Oh, the guy's to do right that? on top of him too. Just
0: insane. And you see the guy do like the full splits while making a save. It doesn't even like it doesn't look like anything a human should be able to do.
1: Jeez. Uh,
0: some of the texts
1: in uh, when Kipper robbed Wellwood with the paddle against Vancouver. That's the one I'm talking about. Uh. <laughs> Every save where he makes it look easy. Opposition looks depressed. <laughs> uh this one says I'm sure Kipper eats soup for a meal. Maybe even opens the can while making a scorpion save. <laughs> yep. Very good text. <laughs> sure. Uh that seems like a good place to end off uh wildcard Wednesday. Uh great stuff from Shan and Cam. As always. We'll do it again next week where uh, hopefully we'll introduce Shan to a couple new soups before it's done. not <laughs> doing it. Uh, they're, my outst- next week. they're my outstanding producers, uh, Cam Hughes and Shan Virgie. Uh, as we wrap up another edition of Sportsnet today, thanks to Ailish Forfar for joining us uh, a little bit earlier. We will be back on Thursday with Julian McKenzie, so looking forward to that. Reminder, you can get uh, the show wherever you get your favorite podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Have yourself a great Wednesday. Flame stock, real kipper and bourne coming up this evening. We'll be back on a Thursday here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.